We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we work and live and pay our respects to Indigenous elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm Matilda and this is my dad. Hello. <laughs> David and this is our podcast. Tell me about it where we tell each other things each week. What's the idea of me telling you stuff? Because you don't normally listen to anything I say. <laughs> I um, want to hear more things from my dad. And I want to hear more things from my daughter. So it's an intergenerational podcast exploring themes that may be of common interest. Yes. But we may not know ourselves. Yeah. And each week we tell each other a different topic or several different topics that we're interested in and get to know each other a bit more. So, this week, today is the 31st of October, mm -hmm. which is Halloween, and Halloween is my favourite holiday. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I know you like dressing up. I have always liked dressing up. It was one of the reasons I wanted to be an actor as a kid is because I loved dressing up. It's not a really good reason to stay an actor. But yes, Halloween is one of my favourite. I would have thought that would be the only reason to stay an actor. You get to dress up as other people. You get to be other people, yeah. Yeah. Helen Bonham Carter once said that like the reason she loves acting is because she likes dressing up. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I don't know if that was accurate. And don't quote me on that, but <laughs> you know. Happy Halloween, anyway. Is it happy? I think so. What is the origin of Halloween? Do you know? Um, it's, it's, so it's like, actually, I was actually gonna, that was the one of the topics I was thinking about telling you, but I didn't know if you knew a lot about Halloween because it's like pagan Samhain, which is spelled like Samhain. Uh, no, I just thought it was like uh, All Hallows Eve and when all the, I don't really know, all the spirits of stuff comes yeah. out and floats around and gives you a scare. Well, well, okay, so, like, around this time, like, okay, so we're in Sydney in the Southern Hemisphere, so we don't have this, but in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, where where I grew up in England and, and you also lived and grew up partially there, mm -hmm. they obviously have the Harvest Festival, and that's what it's linked to. It's linked to the harvest, um, and that's what Samhain, like, originally was. It's, like... A pagan, don't quote me on this, it's like a pagan um, ritual about like where the um, veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. And um, so people dressed up as a way to trick um, the kind of like spirits into leaving them alone. Um, so that's why you would scare, you would dress up as like um, a scary thing. It wouldn't. I don't think originally it would be a witch, but like I guess that's why the pumpkin heads became a thing, like the jack o' lanterns. Well, also they're a winter fruit, aren't they? Or an autumnal autumnal fruit. So, they have fruit. Yes, technically, because they have seeds. Yes, and okay. flesh. And so you'd have a, a lot of them by this mm. time. So it was kind of like an easy thing to get rid of. Yeah. So if it's All Hallows' Eve, mm. what is the 1st of November then? All Hallows' <gasps> Day? All Saints' Day. 
All Saints Day. Mm. And what's that? Is that when That's saints a Christian come out, jump out and <laughs> jump around in their skeletons? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know a lot about All Saints oh. Day. I only know about Samhain. Not a Christian. I'm a witch, so doesn't work. So since it's Halloween, I thought we could tell each other some like spooky, along the lines of spooky. Now you, would you identify yourself as a skeptic? Yes, I think so. But in the um, in the truest sense, not a cynic. Okay. Which is what people often confuse with skepticism. A skeptic is somebody who questions things. Yeah. A so c- you're open to it. Though. Exactly. A cynic just dismisses things. Uh, but I hold back and um, I base my beliefs on things which are evident, yeah. evidential. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you claim, make a claim, you have to you have the burden of proof, and therefore I can reserve my belief in it until the evidence has been produced, and that is at the heart of scepticism, <laughs> as opposed to a cynic who'll just say it, it, it's all yeah. rubbish, and I'll never be convinced. Okay. Well, th- that did make it, I needed to know, it did make it quite hard to come up with a topic that I could feel like you wouldn't just poke holes in. Because, like, I actually really hate um, a lot go- a lot of ghost stories. Like, I think I actually want to talk about the Amnitaville, and I actually think I want to talk about the Amnitaville, 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 Amnitaville. Amityville, Amityville horror house. Yeah, but I want to come at it from it the skeptics' point of view, from like the what was happening. Well, what what might be the logical explanation? Well, not even the logical. That there's a lot of proof that it was just bullshit. That was just lies. Okay. So like, and that's often not talked about. And also like, I know Ed and Lorraine Warren are like, they're just also really dodgy. So I think that's a... And they are? They're like paranormal... They were paranormal investigators. They're both dead now. Okay. But they're very dodgy individuals. I know the film. I don't know whether I've even seen the film. I know the film title. Mm. uh, And I know it relates to a real Mm. story. That's about the extent of what I know about it. So, yeah, I will tell you about it eventually, but like... I didn't research this time because it's a very well-done story. Okay. Um, so there are people who have... I, I think I would have to do a lot more research into it so I wouldn't just be saying the same things as everyone else has said. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so well-researched. But I do have a story today that probably feeds into the more sceptic part of you. <laughs> okay. And I was, like, very conscious of what I picked and like, I feel like it's going to be quite a good discussion. So, so I hit me with it. Ready? Okay. You haven't heard of Philip the Ghost, have you, Philip? No. Okay. Well, I you said mentioned it. I mentioned it when we were talking about this. Yeah, but you didn't look it up. Uh, no, I didn't look it good, up. Good. Good. Seems like very boring <laughs> name for it's like. Is it the ghost of an accountant? Oh something? God, no, no, no. I so here's the story. Brian of the, the ghost. Brian. Here's the story of Philip. So he was an aristocrat in England, um, like around like the 1600s. He was married to a woman named Dorothea, but 
uh, was having an affair with like a traveler woman. Now they were used to slur when referring to her, like in articles I saw. So I'm going to refer to her as a traveler woman called Margot. And um, Philip kind of made this like love nest in like the gatehouse of his like manor where she lived and kept her hidden from his wife. But Dorothy wasn't stupid. She did actually eventually find um, where she was. And as a lot of people did, accused her of uh, being a witch and she was buried alive. So Philip was like completely in love with this woman and struck with grief. He killed himself on the edge of his property. And so this is the story of how Philip died and became a ghost. Pretty standard ghost story. I guess, of like a person dying. Um, anything unusual, do you think, about that? No, that sounds normal. <laughs> um, well, what if I told you that Philip didn't exist? Okay. But he didn't exist as a ghost and didn't exist as a person. Okay. So the Philip the ghost is actually um, known quite well as the Philip experiment. Right. <laughs> go on. This is slightly ringing bells, but go on. I feel like I've talked about it before, but I've done a lot more research into it. So, Philip was actually created by a group of researchers called the Toronto Society for Psychical Research in the 70s, so like early 70s. Um, after researchers suggested that instead of the paranormal phenomenon being blamed on actual ghosts it was instead a product of the human mind mm. um so philip's experiment uh was to f get a group of people to make up a fictional character and then to have them contact him through seance and also manifest like a physical version of him yeah <laughs> um so so they were going to make a ghost appear. Yeah, through the human mind. It does, That's the goal. It, it does. I mean, it is a thing that amazes me that all of all the recollections and, and stories around ghostly sightings and the absolute plethora of cameras that we have and recording devices that nobody's managed to get a decent picture mm. of a ghost. I did see some really. That hasn't later turned out to be a complete fabrication. I mean, obviously, there is a really famous one by Ed and Lorraine Warren of when they were in a house. I don't know which it was, was it what it was. It might have been the Amityville house, but um, of a little boy. Have you seen that? Little boy poking his head out? Possibly. I mean, I've seen lo lots of pictures like that. Yeah, the problem, it was taken by Ed Warren, but the problem is that um, a lot of people think it was actually one of the kids who lived there at the time. So not a dead kid, an actual kid, because he looked very similar to like one of the kids. But then arguably he also looked very similar to the the kid that had died in the house as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of contested. I also did see like some last night I was listening to something and I looked it up for some reason because I'm I love not being able to sleep. Um, some pictures that came from a house in the States. I don't know what it's called. I know the second name is Weed because 
haha, funny weed. It's the weed house. <laughs> um, and they were seeing things. What a surprise. <laughs> um, but all these photos were taken in like a mirror and every time they were taken in the mirror, there's like an apparition behind next the... to them. Yeah. Or behind them, yeah. And it's very freaky. And they they are really solid. Like it's like as in there's the one of a person in a doorway and like you see her entire figure. It's really freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first time I've ever gone, oh my God, like what? But then I... Sorry, that interference has come back. Okay, we can stop. That was... If you weren't a skeptic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might think that when we start talking about ghosts and the microphone starts playing up, mm-hmm. that you might you might be inclined to think that uh, there's some there could possibly be any other explanation so and of course there's multiple explanations anyway so uh the cyclical research oh, okay people. okay let's get back well, in so we've seen spooky photographs yes and um and people there's clearly a, a section of people who are willing to embrace the idea of there being spirits and ghosts and, and not necessarily people with religious yeah. background. Yeah. Um, so this guy who was like the lead researcher, his name was Dr. R- A.R.G. Owen, which is funny because A.R.G. also stands for alternate reality game. So who knows? Is this real? Um, <laughs> uh, he... Was he a non-playable character? <laughs> I don't What's think that? you know what alternative reality game is. That's another episode. There you go. Alternative reality. I don't know about a virtual reality. No, an alternative reality. I'll tell you a couple of them. They're actually really fascinating. Um, so he assembled a group of very intelligent people. Like, for example, one of them was his his wife, who was the former chairperson of Mensa. Mm-hmm. So they were smart smart people. And so they created Philip. So in September 1972, the experiment began and the group met through kind of informal gatherings. So they just spent their time talking about Philip's life and meditating on him and trying to visualize him and create like this collective hallucination is what they would like call it. This entire experiment portion of the experiment went on for a year. But um, all that came out of it was like an occasional feeling of a presence, maybe. Um, nothing. So, Neil, they were trying to, I thought they were just trying to think him up. No, they're trying to contact him. But he's he not doesn't exist. But, but that's the whole point. It's trying to fi- they're trying to figure out whether or not these seances are the result of real ghosts or the result of like human minds willing there to be contact. Or or something physical yeah. or not. Or something physical. So run it past me again. They were they were cogitating on this over Yeah, so over a year they kind of like sat and spoke about Philip and tried to visualize him, tried to manifest him, tried to get him oh, to see. come. And like talk to them um, in like kind of just an experimental way, and nothing happened. They didn't. The only thing was like sometimes the researchers would be like, "I felt presence," and that was it. Okay. And were they doing this in in lab conditions? Were it? And well, no. 
Was it sort of in a controlled environment? It was in a controlled environment. They did it in the same room every time. Right. Um, it was very, it was same people, same situation. Same time? Yeah. Like, they did it for days. Like, it wasn't... They would, like, come back to it. They would do it and then they'd come back to it and then do it and then come back to it. It wouldn't be like a... It wasn't like a standard. They didn't just sit in a room for a year and do it. No, no, I understand. But they, but they were trying to see whether they could manifest something. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so they were half... They they weren't dismissing the idea. They were seeing, trying to conduct some sort of experiment to see whether there was a physical side to it. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to see if ghosts are real or, you know, ghosts are just a part of our collective imagination, like a collective hallucination. Mm. Um, and, like, whether or not we as humans have the power and the ability to, like manifest these things like we look at stuff like ouija boards like i like i just don't i don't believe that like ouija boards work but like there's undeniable proof i've seen people use them and the the thing moves now and people go like i'm not touching i'm not touching it and then their argument is well you're not but like is your like are you willing it to happen? And so it's happening. So like almost like human energy is more responsible than actual any ghostly paranormal manifestation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But because there was no results, they were like, okay, we've tried this for a year. It's not working. And they were like, we're going to change tactics. So this also is a really interesting experiment on how, I guess, like mediums work, psychic mediums. Um, so they like set the scene like a proper seance, like classical seance. Like they did the lights, they sang songs. I read in an article before that they actually did have someone there to act like they were performing a seance, um, but that might not have been accurate. Um, they surrounded them with pictures of like the castle he might have lived in and also surrounded themselves with items from the time. So. They're now in this a completely different controlled situation where every, there's a mood. There's like a feeling that they're creating not only a thought of this person, they're also creating a vibe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Giving it some atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. To try and get that to trigger. And Was it was it do you think and a sincere attempt to do to to do it? Yeah. Or to debunk it? I think it was a sincere, sincere attempt to show the power of the human mind. I don't think it was an attempt to de debunk ghosts because they didn't debunk the ghosts. Mm. They just tried to prove that the human mind is also capable of this and it could be either. Yeah. So, like, it's just ba basically being like, next time you're, you know, in a situation, maybe take two seconds to think is this real or not, you know? Is it just my brain making, making it up? The, yeah. Okay. So when they when they changed the like um, environment, it actually worked, like shockingly. So Philip would knock on the table um, to show that he was there. And he started answering questions, one for no, two for yes. So <laughs> that, 
would have freaked me out, especially if I knew, and these researchers knew that Philip wasn't real. So like, they weren't in any illusion that they were surrounded by an actual ghost. It was, it must have been freaky. Um, the, the sessions went more in depth from there and Philip would actually kind of explain his life and his likes and dislikes and his personality. And how did he actually speak to them? No, so he would only do the rapping. So the right. knocking, so he would do, they would ask yes or no questions. So he's a rapper. <laughs> a rapping ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there is a ghost killer. Uh, is that a ghost rap? I know the rap. Oh, God. I know the rap boys. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I also think, like... This ghost is a... face killer. Oh, my God. <laughs> No. Isn't he? Ghostface from Scream. No. Isn't there a Wu-Tang Clan? You're talking one... to the wrong person. Oh, right. I thought there was one good. Called... I can't remember. No. All right. Moving on. Yeah. He also, like, I think it was cool. He determined, they, they t- determined how strongly he felt about something um, by the hesitancy in his reactions. So sometimes it would take him longer to reply. And if he felt more strongly, he would reply immediately. Like, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. He also... Were people watching this? I let, mean, let, apart let me, from them. Let me get to okay. that. He also moved the table back and forth, despite it being on carpet. And it also was known to kind of balance on one leg. Oh, wow. Yeah, without the people touching it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Obviously, there were certain limits to this experiment. He could only answer things about the time period he was in, like he died in, and the information the group had invented. So that was all he could answer. When they asked him something outside of that, he wouldn't answer. So, because he wasn't real. And the group hadn't established those things. So the knocking and answer from Philip was actually coming from the participants' subconscious. So, how? They don't know. Like, so the, it's completely unexplainable. Physically knocking. Well, that's what they thought. And, like, and they tried to, they tried to, they, they didn't just do this experiment once. They did it a lot of times. They repeated it again and again and every time this would happen. Like, obviously, there's multiple sessions where they get to know Philip more and they get to find out his personality. Okay. So, like, all of these answers are exclusively coming from the subconscious of this group See, of people. I, my problem with that, it suggests that they're not really that sceptical. Mm. Because if you just go to as some magical power that my subconscious is manifesting, <laughs> yeah. you might as well just go down the ghost With group. the ghost thing. Um as opposed to say, your 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 hearing's heightened, so you might misinterpret uh, a a, sh- a creak in the furniture yeah. as being a knock. Yeah. Or I don't know how the table moves, but you, we've all seen those things where people can lift a person with one finger. Yeah, yeah. If there's enough people involved in it. Anyway. No, no, no. But this is all valid. Um, stuff about the experiment like ultimately they they came to the conclusion that they couldn't scientifically explain it okay um 
because because it was 1972 but um they yeah they just were basically like it's it's their subconscious it has to be like they're knocking but also like the whole point of it was that it was a collective hallucination that was manifesting itself so like that that kind of like yeah you could argue that the rapping actually wasn't anyone it wasn't philip it wasn't even actually the manifestation of their minds they were taking a single noise and like making it more than it was you could argue that mm. but it gets a bit more complicated okay after. so he like not only could answer stuff he could move the table he also could became able to do more physical things like dimming the lights he um would send a cold breeze over the table and then if they asked him to stop he would stop and it would be warm again um and even a mist could come over the table and this was completely unexplainable no one could explain why and if they asked him to stop doing this stuff it would stop so they would ask him to dim the lights the lights would dim immediately and then they could, would ask him to turn the lights back on and the lights would come back on mm -hmm. immediately okay so that's kind of weird. Yes, it is weird. So now you asked me whether or not this was done in front of people. Initially, no. Okay, it was only done in front of the researchers and like the doctor and like so. But then the experiment was conducted in front of an audience. So of, of about 50 people. And it was recorded for a documentary. So the actual footage of this particular version of the seance is available online it's actually on youtube i've actually watched it it's actually quite interesting and it is insane because everyone in that room is shocked like the table also would get so kind of like philip would get so violent in moving the table he would like trap people in occasionally he would also almost like a dog if someone was late he would like move to the door and like greet them i don't know it was weird um and during the live like version of it he actually performed so philip moved to the table he answered questions he actually very very like aggressively moves the table into a group of journalists so that's quite interesting and um so most of their goals of the experiment were met and that kind of called the end of the experiment um this like live studio audience version of the seance um but the only thing they were never able to do is manifest a physical version of philip so they didn't achieve that but they achieved everything else in their experiment so okay i feel like there's a piece missing in that <laughs> what do you feel i'm moving well i i just i feel like as I said, if they just go, oh, the subconscious has done that, <laughs> that doesn't really explain anything. No, it doesn't, and that does annoy me. I had, I did a lot of research into it, and this is mainly from one article because it was, like, the most in-depth, but um, they never explain it. They never explain it? There's no explanation behind it, no scientific explanation that they can see. Did they, did they do any sort of follow-up stuff? Was there any, did they publish... A paper that they so the experiment actually has been done like a number of times again by other research groups there was a really there was another one done in toronto i think it was toronto um by a per and they tried to manifest this person named lilith 
And the exact same things happened. And then there was actually one in Sydney as well called the Skippy Experiment. Yeah. Where they did manifest Skippy. Well, and he con- What, you mean a kangaroo? What a surprise. <laughs> and he contacted them through, um, like, knocking and scratching. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> a ghost... Skippy the ghost I don't think kangaroo. it was actually a ghost kangaroo. I think it was just like a, a guy named Skippy. I feel like they should have, if it was a significant thing, should they have not written it up? Is there not a record? Is there not a, a book or a? There's a documentary thing? about it. But what about the, this body itself? Surely they'd want the, they'd want to be at, have some sort of scientific yeah. vindication of it. Well, as as far as I'm, I don't know if there is a written up version of it. There might be. I couldn't find a paper on it. Um, it honestly, like, it's one of those experiments that I feel like was laughed at at the time and, like, not taken very seriously. Like, you have to remember that that even though all of the people who were involved were, like, Mensa, highly intelligent individuals, they were also part of, of psychical research. Like, yeah. that would, that, that is a bit of a red flag for most people, yeah. I would say. It's kind of, um... It's like we've already got preconceived so, expectations. What what it doesn't do for me is that you can go. It, it, these things are manifestations of a of your subconscious or, mm. or whatever, or your power of the brain. But they're not they're, they're not making the connection. No, they're not going. What, what they, their it? conclusion? It was a, it was a faulty conclusion because their conclusion shouldn't be oh, let's see if we can manifest this spirit. Their goal shouldn't have been that. It should have been, let's see if we can prove how people come to believe in, like, ghosts and, like, seances and stuff. But that wasn't their conclusion. So they weren't actually trying to find out why these things happen. They were just trying to find out if these things happen. So, like... Well, can you manufacture the circumstances? Yeah. But I still feel like that. that that's kind of not quite... Explaining even no. that bit of it, not it. Do you know it's a mean? very flawed experiment, and yes. and it has been criticised heavily by not only like scientific researchers, but also like other like paranormal groups, and um, like I think the thing is that that this idea that it's human energy over over I guess actual ghostly paranormal apparitions isn't a new concept like like I didn't do any research into this but I do remember hearing about like the fact that poltergeists are linked to puberty yes that that's sort of yeah and then um, and and there's the um the the haunting that happened in Menfield it, yes yeah and it was literally around a 13 year old girl which is just when like girls well it's not just but it's when girls are like coming to a peak of puberty yeah yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I don't know. That to me, it's just the same as going ghosts exist. I get that. No, that's that's. I totally thought that that would be right. a. I've got. So I do actually have a story, and weirdly, if you believed in spooky connections, <laughs> it's it's a along very much the same line. Okay. Cool. And and it's relevant. Now you've got to tell me if you've heard this. Oh, okay. Have you heard about Carlos? 
Carlos the psychic? No, no. Okay, this is relevant to to very relevant to where we are. Okay. Because um Carlos gave a, a reading, a performance, mm-hmm. a whatever, at the um, drama studio at the Sydney Opera House. Oh, cool. Which is just down the road. Recently? From us. No, this was in the 80s. Okay. So, um, in 1988, this um, the local press in Sydney yeah. received information that um, a press pack yeah. saying that this much acclaimed and highly successful psychic called Carlos was coming to Sydney to give a one-time um, session, reading. Okay. And they supplied uh, cuttings from newspapers in America and reviews wow. and uh, a copy of his book. Oh. Um, and uh, he'd apparently been enormously successful mm. and they supplied videos of him doing his sessions. And basically, he became possessed by an ancient oh. spirit. Oh, okay. And he, gave, and he gave readings. I have heard, I've heard of this, but I have not heard, like, I've just kind of heard it in passing. I've never actually looked into it. So I'm interested to hear about it. Okay. So one of the things, it's a, one of the things that um, sort of partly convinced people was that um, when he was possessed by this ancient spirit, mm-hmm. He could stop his pulse when he became possessed. So he'd have doctors there taking his pulse and it would stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, real doctors? Yeah, doctors, nurses. He'd have it part of the, of the session. But were they hired by him? Nope. He said you can bring anybody. Oh, wow. So when he, when he arrived in Australia, there was quite a lot of press to see uh-huh. him. Yes. And people were pretty sceptical about it. Good, good. So he did a number of interviews with pretty high-profile programs. Mm-hmm. They would bring a doctor in, their own doctor. Okay. And he would be possessed by the spirit. He was he was um, South American. Okay, so he had yeah, a heavy, yeah. heavy accent. Okay. And he came with his manager, who was like this really hard-nosed businessman mm-hmm. who, um, who was managing his visit. And they had doctors, and when he'd be taken over by Carlos, his pulse would go right down. Mm-hmm. And they go, yep. It's definitely happening. Oh my god! And so the the press were kind of a, still a bit sceptical mm. about it. Yeah. Um, but he had all this information. He had a book. He had videos. You know, it clearly convinced a lot of people. Um, and the day before he was uh, might have been the day before might have been several days before he was due to appear at the opera house. He appeared on a, a pretty popular morning show, mm-hmm. uh, a news magazine yeah, type yeah, yeah, program. Yeah. Um, he did the pulse thing and I went, well, well, yeah, okay, well, now do some sort of prediction. And he couldn't come up with the goods or he failed to perform in some sort mm-hmm. of way. And and he got very uh, agitated about it mm-hmm. and started accusing the um, the people of setting, well, the business manager did it, started accusing him of setting them up. Okay. And... But the manager just said, we're going. And he poured water over the host and stormed out of the studio. Oh, my God. Took his, took his microphone off and stormed out. And then come the day of the, um, come the, day of the big yeah, session, yeah, yeah, yeah. the place was packed. He'd only been there a week. Oh, my God. And gone from zero ticket sales to filling the studio. Whoever his PR manager 
was but, and, amazing. And the news was down down there and they were interviewing people saying, why have you come? And he said, we saw him on this program. Yeah, yeah. He said, well, you didn't do anything. Well, well, you know, the That's fact... confirmation bias. Yes. So it plays into this idea that... Although he'll do it for me. Uh, no. And more importantly, that if it was a setup, he'd do it perfectly every time. So this shows that he's a flawed human and it oh. reinforces the idea that he has these powers. That's okay. so interesting. So... Um, he uh, he did this performance and um, it was packed and he he made some predictions but nobody really remembers what they were and mm -hmm. he got a huge amount of publicity. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now the second part of this story, right, takes us back to 1973. Mm -hmm. All right. 1973 was a big year for kind of freaky phenomena. Yeah. Because he had things like The Exorcist came out. Oh. Um, you also, it was just a time when there was a lot of um, publicity and interest in I feel like that was the year of Amnitia of Horror, I like. Could well 70s. be. Definitely it was the 70s. And a young um, Israeli former tank commander came to visit Britain claiming he had psychic <laughs> oh powers. Oh my God. Do you know who it is? Is it Carlos? No. No, wait, who? He's a guy called Uri Geller. <gasps> Oh, my God, yes. I know who Uri Geller is. Okay. So Uri Geller claimed to be able to read minds, bend metal yes. objects with his mind. With the, the spoon thing he did, um, yes. where he bent it on, like, live television. Yeah. So, and he, he did extremely well. He was yeah. on all the chat shows. And when he... He was, like, meant to be quite attractive as well. So, like... Yes, he was. And, and a Canadian magician... Mm-hmm by the name of uh, James Randi mm. became interested in this I story. Know this, I know this guy. I love James Randi. Yeah. So Uri Geller, 1973, was a bit of it, was doing all the chat show circuits mm -hmm. and came on uh, James Randi's uh, radar. Yes. And uh, James Randi, or the great Randi, <laughs> as he was known, was an ex-magician mm -hmm. who were, who had sort of a bit like Houdini later in yes. life had decided that he was going to debunk debunk. Well, he could he didn't like the term debunker. Okay, he, demystifier. He oh. called himself. And um, do you know why? Uh, yeah, because I think what we were talking about earlier, which is he wasn't a cynic; he was a skeptic. Okay, he didn't want to dismiss things out of hand. He, he wanted to be proven wrong, right? Well, he wanted to test these. Yeah, claims. Okay. these were all claims. And Randy um, was invited on talk, a talk show with Geller at, at some point and clearly debunked, mm -hmm. for want of a better term, at least the um, the spoon bending Wait, part Wait, what happened? It. Well, he was able to demonstrate that he could do exactly the same thing. Oh, okay. And then it later came out that Geller had weakened the things before before appearing on the show. Oh, very. Um, and... And it and it became a bit of a a lifelong feud between the two of them, because yes. although Randy had clearly and evidently shown that it was it was just magician mm -hmm. trick, yeah, yeah, um, Geller, of all those sort of psychic performers, never ever to this day has admitted that he he was just performing a trick. Has he never not been able to perform it? Ah, uh, yeah, and that uh, and that had happened. On a show, and Randy realised that these 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 failures added 
to the confirmation okay. bias. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. People were more convinced if there were occasional failures or not. Now, Randy set up a thing called the um, James Randy Foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That basically, it did a lot of other things. I mean, I think if anybody knows about it, they'll know about the million dollar prize that he offered um, to people to prove, prove him wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever did. No. Um, and what a way to call your blood. There's, there's a YouTube video with one of those magnetic guys. On, have you seen those people? What? No. What's a mag what do the magnetic oh, well, people this, do? This what? One, one, one of these weird phenomena um, where people claim to have magnetic powers and then can place things like... Um, with clothes screwdriver on without and, and frying pans on, on their chest and they stay there. Is it is it that thing where if you like actually just like wet a bit of metal, it will exactly. stick on you? Yeah. He showed it was it was a a suction type thing. Yeah. And they may well have put something to add to that. Because that was the thing going around about the vaccine. Like people magnetized. were trying to prove that it was magnetized <laughs> yeah. by putting like a coin on their. Well, he, like, he did it very, very publicly. It's, yeah. it's somewhere. Uh, it's on YouTube now, but yeah. he basically put talcum powder on it and it all slipped off. Yeah. Um, and he did he did several other experiments. He, water dousing is a popular one. And um, What's water dousing? So water dousing is a supposed power people have where they... Oh, the dousing a, rods. Yeah, they take a couple of sticks mm -hmm. and they can locate water. And he did a controlled... It, yeah, he did a controlled experiment with a group of these dowsers and none of them got it. And so lots of people go... Well, you know, we wouldn't rely on a water dowser to find water. But some people do. Well, more serious than that, there was a, a a guy, and I don't know when it was, but claimed to have developed a technique that could discover hidden explosive devices. No, that's dangerous. This. That could be really dangerous. It was. Yeah. And it, uh, ended I don't know death. whether it cost lives, but he ended up being sued by the Ministry of Good. Defense by a hu huge amount. Not Ministry of Defence, but he ended up being sued for a huge amount because it was fraudulent. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like a, a couple of sticks and some batteries. That's like, okay, so there's one thing where you're like finding water. Like, I guess that's that's kind of shitty if you're if they're making people pay for your services and you actually aren't going to do it. Yeah. But there's a whole other thing when it comes to like life or death situations with hidden explosives. Yeah. Like that's... Yeah, I'm glad yeah, no, that he no. was sued yes. for that. And that and he used that as an example of how it's not enough to just go, oh, let people have their beliefs. Yeah. Part of it is it develops a mindset. Yeah, it's kind of like when scepticism starts, like we start like kind of the whole thing with, with the QAnon and the conspiracy theories, whereas like we start questioning science, yeah. like for little things that will become like a whole entire skepticism of stuff like vaccines that yes. are actually very helpful and can be dangerous if not taken, um, you know, by the entire population, people will die. Did James Randi do that helicopter experiment? I don't know that one. So as far as I'm aware, there was a group of psychics who claimed to be psychic. I think they were like doing really shitty things like claiming to find missing people and stuff. So the experiment was that they had a helicopter mm. and they basically were like, okay, go find the helicopter. Like they sent these people out in the woods to find a helicopter. No one did. No one came across it. Um, and it was a really quick, like it was really easy to find. It like wasn't 
in any weird direction. But these psychics just got it wrong. It's there is I didn't know if he did it. Completely side note to that. There, oh. there is a well-known mathematical phenomena where um that comes broadly under the thing called a thing called the, the wisdom of the crowd. Mm-hmm. That if you survey a, a large enough group of people, uh, and they've used this to find um, the remains of mm. people. Okay. If you survey a large enough people and ask them where they think it is, if you take a sort of average, they'll find it. You, it's quite close to where the thing. Oh, interesting. Where the thing would be, but that's not psychic powers. That's statistics. That's the that's the cumulative knowledge, yeah. and then evening it out into a an average. Anyway, so Randy. Um, set up this foundation that actually did lots of other things, but amongst one of the things was it offered a million-dollar prize mm-hmm. for anybody who could prove their um, their psychic abilities nope. or anything, and nobody's ever won it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so now back to 1988 in Sydney, Carlos arriving uh, with his business manager. Yeah. The press were there taking pictures, mm-hmm. saying, uh, interviewing, um, you the know, uh, what are you going to do, yeah. what, you know, said, and off again. Yeah, yeah. If the cameras had bothered to stay yeah. for another five minutes, they would have seen a little man with a white beard and oh. a <laughs> keeping his head down, pushing his I love luggage. that. I love that. I love him. And um, so there was Wait, this Wait, who big... was that man? Who was that man? Who do you think it was? It wasn't Uri Geller. It was... James, James Randy. Randy. <laughs> what happened... Was that James Randi had teamed up with a, an Australian TV program called oh. Sixty Minutes? Okay, yeah, yeah, I know Sixty Minutes. With the express purpose of trying to see whether they could catch him out, prove that the um, the whole psychic phenomenon was a, a kind of mass hysteria, mm-hmm. mass delusion. Mm-hmm. Cog- These are all words. Cognitive bias wasn't even a term that existed. That's so interesting. Uh, or cognitive dissonance. So. What what turns out is that Carlos, in fact, was a young 23, 24-year-old artist called Ho- Jose Alvarez. Mm, okay. Who was, in fact, Randy's partner. Uh, not that he could admit to that because this... Yeah, no, he didn't, admit, he didn't admit to it until after his death. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. he basically had coached uh, Alvarez... Yes. Into, ...into doing this psychic... Act to, trick to try and trick people, they completely fabricated all the publicity. Oh, when I said who the PR guy was, I didn't think it was going to be James so Randi. This is the best bit. The PR guy, yeah, was a ram- random guy they picked off the street in Miami, <laughs> Los Angeles, I think it was. An actor? No, not even an actor. He was. Um, it was something in marketing, I think. Oh gosh, okay. Uh, and they they spent a month training him, and they got the journalist from Sixty Minutes to come across and go, look, if you're going to be the manager, you have to be a lot tougher. There's a whole oh my god, so, so it was all fictionalized. The Sixty Minutes is online, so it was all fictionalized, yeah, and all the cuttings, and none of the press bothered to to ring any of the outlets to say, oh my what god, about, what that's, about this guy? That's okay. shitty journalism. Well, no, they've been sort of cynical, but they hadn't they just hadn't gone the one step further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they trained this guy up and they dressed him. It was like a pretty women type thing. I love that. Um, and they, he, 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 um, he coached Alvarez to um, be, uh, to be, 
to be this character to, to, to adopt. Wait, did you, so does James Randi actually, like, obviously I know about like cold and hot readings. So what was... So Randi, when it, when he gave these readings... Yeah, was, was telling him? Was it was in another room. Oh, okay. Reading. Feeding it in an ear. It had yeah, long yeah, hair, yeah. so you couldn't hear it, and he was feeding it his responses. So all the press stuff he did, he told them the right answers to give. Um, and you can see, if you watch the documentary, it's so obvious now, because somebody will ask a question. Yeah. And he'll go, I am here now to... <laughs> you know, he's yeah. clearly listening. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know whether I mean it is quite a common thing amongst amongst quote unquote mentalists to go and send people out into the audience yeah, prior to a performance, yeah. gather information. Gathering so I imagine there was a bit of that going on in it, and Randy would have known all the tricks. Yeah. But I hear you ask, how did he manage to get his pulse down to nothing? Yes, I was thinking that. It's an incredibly simple trick. What if you place? A light ball. ball under your arm um, Pitt, and it squeeze stops it. Yeah. The, yeah. If they'd taken the pulse on the other arm, it would have been fine. <gasps> then 60 Minutes aired and they said, I mean, they were quite generous about it, but they, they said nobody bothered to follow up on any of these That's press crazy. cuts. And he said, but look, we would do the same. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not that we'd say we're any we're better. We're better, yeah. But there were more important things happening, I think. That, so from their point of view, it was about how easily the press can be duped yes. and how influential the press is. But it's not really about that. No. It's about how once you're locked into a mindset, um, and be that psychics, mm -hmm. um, it's it's difficult to see outside yeah. it or there's, you're unwilling to take on new information that says, yeah. could it be anything else? So that's why, this, why I say the thing about your, your people mm -hmm. going, oh, it must be our mental powers doing yeah. that. To me, that's just like, well, you failed to actually investigate it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, they, they revealed this and they revealed how, how they did it. And um, Randy went back to the States and he actually married Jose Alvarez. And in, then, in when it was legalized? Once it was legalized, oh. yeah. And they lived together until he died and Aww. he became sort of his de facto care of because he yeah. was quite a bit younger than him. And yes. there was a documentary about their life together as well. Aww. But the twist of it was that Alvarez wasn't Alvarez at all. <laughs> he was a guy called uh, Davy Arangel Peña Artiga. Uh, and in fact, when Randy had met him, yeah. he, was a, he was a student and his visa had run out oh. and he took on the identity of a different person. <gasps> Who was a real person? Oh yeah, to um, stay. To, in order to stay, wow. and he he was, he was almost deported. I can't remember where he came from. Is um, that where they got married? No, they were already married by that point. Okay. Uh, and he was allowed to stay a because he'd been there so long, and b because he was in fact sort of Randy's carer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, not that it has anything to do with psychic powers, but I just thought it was a really kind of intriguing connection identity and like yeah and, not looking into stuff yeah and the whole fashion for psychic stuff that i remember yeah from the 70s it became a really popular yeah. i remember people in school trying to bend forks and spoons and stuff mm. like that yeah. um 
And the fact that Geller has never given that up, has never said it was the a trick. The problem is that I, like, I've seen that trick and I've done it. Like, yeah. it's heat. It's heat, it's pressure. Yeah. You can exert quite a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's literally the easiest thing ever. I've done it before. But he, he said he could stop watches. He could, you know, uh, who knows what the situation is. <laughs> so, but Randy is a bit of a, Randy is a kind of hero. Yes. Skepticism. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a he's cool. I like him. He's he's debunked a lot of like evangelical televangelists. Yeah, and like um, spiritual healers as yeah. well. What was that one that he did? I mean, I think he used to do he used to do mentalist type tricks. Yeah, and and he got so concerned about it. Yeah, that he um he he just went to sleight of hand tricks. Yeah, it's all about what's the word. Diversion. Yeah. It's yes. all about getting people to, to look, look at something way. else while you're doing something. I think I think what's really interesting is I wonder if that experiment could have been done today. Because like like my first instinct when I meet anyone is to Google them. Yes. <laughs> it would be it would be more difficult. This yeah. Was five, it would six it would years yeah. before the internet. It would take a lot of like um in depth. It would almost take like FBI level creation of identity, like to actually succeed in that now. Or I think what you would almost have to do is like, I think it has been done before where you like flood the main page of Google because people don't tend to go past the main page of Google with just news articles about the guy. And therefore people are just going to assume, oh, okay, he's he's a real guy. Like no one's going to look in any further than that. Well, no, because what you do now is you'd Google you fabricate a number of Facebook pages, yeah. and you go check out this guy. He's the real deal. Yeah. He's questioning conventional knowledge. Mm-hmm. Be part. Of, be awake to the new uh, way of thinking. Touch with worlds that science can't yeah. explore. Uh, and you, you probably only need two or three of those to catch. Mm. It's this thing where if one person says it or two people say it, then it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably you could probably be even more effective. Because like there are gonna be people who don't wanna like what's that like, there's that experiment about like um people just saying the wrong answer even though they know the right answer because everyone else has said that answer. Like that's about confirmation bias. Like so like a group of individuals were given like a question on uh, math or something and most of these individuals I don't know say it was one plus two yeah most of these people answered four but this one person the, these people were not a part were like actors this one person was a part of the experiment and because all these people had said four even though that person knew it was it was three they still answered four more trick-or-treaters <laughs> It's perfect. It's a yeah. Halloween episode. It's a perfect little backdrop for it. Yeah. Anyway. So there you go. Psychics. Nice. Psychic investment. In fact, when you said it, the weird thing, of course, is that Randy's from was from Toronto, and oh. he set up he set up an organisation to investigate paranormal claims. In fact, mm. it was called the CSO. CSI or something like okay, that. Okay, interesting. Um, Canadian. And I wondered if it was the same thing. No, it doesn't sound it's like not. It was. No. Um, no, that's very. I mean, it would have been a different time 
period. Yeah. Because this is 72. When... Well, he, he, he started in the early 70s. Okay, maybe then. And sort of ran until I think he retired uh, from from it around about 2010. <laughs> I might be wrong, but Cute. when it got too much for him. And now, and now the James Randi Foundation no longer run that million dollar thing, or rather, they they apparently they still offer the million dollars, but they're no. This is like advertisement. A, there's, yeah, there's no challenge set. If yeah. you come to them, yeah. with a proposal. But now that James Randi is you know not with us anymore, who is there to prove to? Like who is who's taken over his role as? Well, there's a you bit know, demystifier. Yeah, I don't think there's any single figure. You know, did that... he have any kids? Like, adopt any kids? Uh, no, he didn't. No, I don't think they adopted. He, he the guy was like, in, in his late fifties by the time he met. No, yeah, I know that. Yeah, uh, he wasn't really likely to um, have any uh, uh, to start a family. Yeah, at that point. fair enough. Yeah, and obviously, you know, circumstances had, had never left in to have a <laughs> relationship. Yeah, that would have spawned a family but <laughs> I th the thing is skepticism is now um sort of growing mm -hmm. that's the sense i get it's and like the online there aren't, there aren't any leaders as such but it's become a a recognized i think it's definitely more difficult to claim to be a psychic i do think that that, that that's really interesting because there's there has been a big uptake in psychics on tiktok <laughs> um <laughs> my my point proven there you are um and like obviously most of these i mean if not all of these psychics i'm not going to be able to i'm not going to be able to tell you that all of them are frauds because you know i don't know i'm a skeptic myself so i don't know if that it's all bullshit but like they have i mean recently really involved themselves in the gabby batito case right. and have really fucked over the Gabby, the Petito family. Yeah. And, like, with really bad, like, predictions and stuff. So, um, yeah. It's been, it, it's definitely, like, um, coming back, back and forth. Anyway. <laughs> good talk. Yes. Did you learn something today? I did. Yeah. I learned about crazy paranormal investigators in <laughs> Canada who don't really provide any answers to anything. Yeah. It's just a lot of the experiment. <laughs> um, did you learn something? I, I learned that I have even more love for James Randi than I did before. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Um, I'm, I'm Matilda and this is my dad. David. Hi. <laughs> Join us next week where we tell each other another thing. We tell each other some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and go, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>